This is Uncle Steve's son, Noah. He told me to tell you that the show is starting right now. Welcome to episode 43, part one of Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone. I've got a question for you. What do Flight of Icarus, The Prisoner, and Sea of Madness all have in common, besides being Iron Maiden songs? Mm, okay, let me give you another, I'll give you a hint. I'm going to ask you another question, but this question should give you a hint. What do the great unknown, Mother of Mercy, and No More Lies have in common besides just being Iron Maiden songs? Okay, if you haven't figured it out yet, I'll just tell you. These are all track number three on their respective albums. That's going to be the theme here on The Zone for a little bit. I hope you like them because you're going to hear a lot about them. I've gathered together some of my favorite alumni from the past episodes and brought them on here to discuss the five number three songs from the classic 80s era of the band, as well as the post-2006 man band era. I've also got an extra special guest this week that hasn't been on the show before that you're going to love as well. Okay, now before we dive into this, I need to thank the people that shared last week's episode, Iron Maiden Stories Installment 13, the ones that shared it on Facebook and on Twitter. Those who shared on Twitter are as follows, Melissa in Boston, Andy in Falkirk, UK. He always shares my podcast, but this week I think it was a little more pertinent. Um the Liverpool Scousers, Stephanie Jane Gray and Don McIntyre, as well as Georgie Whitnall from Australia. Well, his dad, the Weekend Warrior, a.k.a. Andrew, yeah, he shared it too. Now, on Facebook, it was shared by the Liverpool Scousers and Melissa from Boston. I want to thank all of you who shared the podcast. I really do appreciate it. When I started this podcast, I really wondered how things would go, uh, if people would like it as much as I hoped they would, as much as I knew I would like it. (laughs) Uh, 
to see people share it and interact and the camaraderie that's taking place, friendships that are, in my opinion, being built, uh, it's really, really awesome to know that I have something to do with that. So really, I really appreciate everyone sharing it. All right, let's get into this. You are going to love it. Okay, so the premise is this. I have three guests today. I'm going to talk to each one of them about the new Sign of the Cross release from the forthcoming Iron Maiden live album that comes out on the 20th. I believe it is the 16th where I speak from you now, or where I'm speaking from now. So we're going to talk about the Sign of the Cross a little bit, as well as track three from number of the beast all the way through seventh son, as well as all the way from brave new world through book of souls. We're going to put them in order five, four, three, two, one. So I think it was a very fun conversation. It gets a good, uh, good, some good song talk here. So I hope you enjoy it. My first guest is one of New Zealand's favorite sons, the Kiwi himself, James. All right, I have James the Kiwi from New Zealand on the line. James, how are you? I'm good, mate. How you doing, Steve? Doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, so real quick, we're going to go straight into this. Um, I, or Let me use your lingo. We're going to get into this straight away. So uh, <laughs> I, I want to implement that word into my thoughts and my talking, but I, I'm not very good at it. So, okay. <laughs> so obviously we uh, we know that the streaming version of uh, sign of the cross has come out and you're the first person i saw comment about it like what we were talking about as far as what was going on with the audience and all that so it's been a it's been almost a week now so what's your what's your thoughts on it on that song okay well first and foremost uh, the the band's performance on the track is absolutely fantastic um i think the sound of the instruments sound great. The, the drums, again, just like an Aces High, they really pop. Nico sounds fantastic. Um, the band's on fire. Bruce's vocals are much better than they were on the Aces High that came out, which I guess is the start of the concert, so that makes sense. So it's, it's a fantastic performance of Sign of the Cross. I absolutely love it. Um, okay. The one downer I've got on it, and I mentioned this a little bit on Twitter, is that the crowd is is sort of in the background. Again, like Aces High, you can hear them when the song starts with a bit of a bit of clapping, but you don't really hear them singing the guitar parts during the song. You don't hear a lot of clapping or interaction between Bruce and the crowd during the song, yeah. um, which is a little bit. Well, at first I was disappointed, and now I've I just kind of think of it as being different. 
yeah. most live albums we've had from Maiden in the last sort of 10, 15 years, the crowd are like a seventh member of the band and they're really high up in the mix. Um, but on this album, it seems as though the, the focus is on the performance of the band and the crowd are kind of pushed a little bit, bit to the background, um, which is fine. It's just going to take some getting used to. Sure. What did you What did you think of it? Um, I agree with you about the way the band sounds. Nico's drums sound awesome as well. Um, amazing to think of a guy that's like, what, 68 years old or so <laughs> playing like that. That's incredible. Um, my biggest thing with it, other than I thought the audience sound was a little different, obviously. It's, it seems like you can hear the crowd more up front. And then it seems like all of a sudden you can almost hear somebody grab a knob and just turn it down. Like, uh, let's get them out yeah. now. It's really weird. Yeah. But the other thing I thought was, because I went ahead and someone had recommended it. So I listened to the Rock and Rio version right behind it. And even the first time I listened to it, I was going, uh, what's going on with Bruce? It sounds like he's having a hard time keeping up as well as it sounds like he, sometimes he's getting ahead. Like he's just, you know, and of course I'm thinking, well, he's older. He's a 60 something year old guy now, or he's 60. And so obviously he sounds a little different. The more I listen to it, the better I think he sounds. I think it's, you know, you have to adjust for the fact of age and things like that. But the more I listen, the better I think he sounds. And I just, when I listen to him trying to, you know, sing it, send it alone in the wind and rain and all that, it's just, it seems like he's struggling to keep up a little bit, which I find odd because I don't recall feeling that way when I listen to the Dallas recording that I have. So, mm. but overall, like I said, the band sounds great. Bruce sounds really good. And it's a great song. It's it's one of it, there's a lot of music in it, and it's. I mean, it, here, here's one thing I told somebody. They, I was thinking when I listened to it, I said, you know, they could have just played "Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner" instead. There's enough, almost enough space. There's 11 minute song to a 13 minute song, and this is the controversial thing I said. <laughs> I would have rather heard "Sign of the Cross" though. <laughs> so. Yeah, Sign but, uh, of the Cross is a fantastic song. I, I, yeah, I absolutely love yeah. it. It's a, it's, it's a really good performance. Um, when you listen to it back-to-back with the, the Rock and Rio version, it's it's hard to believe there's 18 years difference mm-hmm. between those two concerts. Yeah. I mean, the band, Bruce's vocals probably aren't quite as on point as they were back in, what was it, 2001? Yeah. Um, but the band, oh, my God. I mean, Dave Murray's solo. It's just it's it's furious. It's it's got so much wicked energy to it. It's it's just as powerful as it was, you know, eighteen years ago on Rock and Rio. So yeah, I, th- I think it's great. Yeah. Oh yeah. Bring on the Same album. Here. What's that? Bring on the album. Can't wait. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Let's. We're. I think what today is about. Uh, what is today? The seventh. You're well. You're a day ahead of me. What day is it where you're at? <laughs> in, in uh, New it's, it's it's towards the end of Saturday, the seventh of November here. Okay, so we only got so we got less than two weeks before the album comes out. So yeah. Okay, so from there, the other thing we're doing is ranking the number three songs from the classic era '80s albums with Bruce and the post 6 man band era. So. Yeah. We'll start off with the 80s era, and basically, you'll give me your first one, I'll give you mine, and we'll go from there, and we'll do the same thing on the other one, which is, we already discussed that, I don't know why I'm saying it again, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> if you'll go ahead and get us started with, what would your 
number five, number three song be from the 80s? My number five, number three song from the 80s. All right. Before we start, I've got to say, um, if you take the third song on all their albums and put them together, it makes for a fantastic compilation playlist. Sure does. And it, it is not a playlist I would have put together otherwise. So thank you. This was, this was yeah. fun. Um, that's, what, but mine, that's, that's what I was oh, thinking, though. When I started thinking about doing it, I was going, wow, all of these number three songs are really good. Yeah, they're so, fantastic. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Okay, so, so my number five um, is from my favorite album, which surprised me. But I would put Can I Play With Madness in, in okay. position five in the uh, number three songs of the 1980s. Okay, well, uh, not, to be, not to be a big surprise or anything here, but I agree. Same here. And we just, I'm, sure, I'm sure we agree on one of the reasons why, but I know it's the way it sounds live to me is not good. I hate the intro they do, the, a one, a two, a one, two. Th- I'm like, this is Iron Maiden. You know, come on. This is not yeah. any band that would do that. But I've never, I've always felt like the amount of layering to Bruce's vocals on the studio album they can't ever get it live because there's so much there and it's a good song on the album, but it's still to me, it's one of the bottom songs on that album. If you're comparing it to everything else anyway. So, yeah, I still think it's a fantastic song. Um, I agree live. It doesn't carry the same weight Um, on the studio mix. It sounds fantastic. When you listen to it on the live albums, it's a little bit man in the pub sort of (laughs) swinging his pint and bellowing out the chorus. Doesn't doesn't sound quite as, quite as tight. That's yeah. funny. So what is your number four, number three song from the 80s? My number four, number three is one of my favorite deep cuts. It's from the Power Slave album, and it's Lost for Words. Um, okay. I particularly love the live version of it, which was one of the B-sides on the Live After Death singles. Uh-huh. Um, I think it's it's one of the best instrumentals, in my opinion. Obviously, it's the last one they did. Um, uh-huh. or have done so far. Hopefully, we'll get another one one day. But yeah, I, I love Lost for Words. But it's it's number four for me yeah how about you yeah um oddly enough that's my number four as well (laughs) but i will i have added this to the comments is if that song had lyrics imagine it would probably not it might would be the number one even though i do think this it's an odd placing for an instrumental i think that would have been better fit to be like maybe the last song on side one okay interesting you know, but I just think it's odd to have, but I guess, you know, Iron Maiden has started an album with an instrumental. So I guess, you know, they're, they're not, they don't, they don't follow the rules, which I like. So, yeah, yeah, that's right. So your number three, number three, my number three, number three has a lot to do with the number six. It is the prisoner from number of the beast. Again, oh. a fantastic song, especially live. I've yeah. always loved the first time I heard it, the drumming just captured my imagination. Uh, I like the TV show, The Prisoner. It's a good lyric. Bruce's vocals are amazing. Uh, I love the guitar work from Adrian. Just a great song. Yeah, The Prisoner. Okay. Well, here's where I think um, you might hang the phone up. (laughs) (laughs) My number three, number three, is uh, I'm going to give you a little piece of my mind when I tell you why. Uh, Yeah. My number three, number three is Flight of Icarus. How can that and be? You, you remember I told you right before we started this that I was probably going to say something that was going to infuriate you? <laughs> yeah, but I didn't realize it would be this bad. 
Okay, well here it goes. This is it, you, you just think you just think it's bad. <laughs> just, just wait. Are you sitting down? I am. You have a stiff drink. <laughs> I've just finished one. Yes. Okay, good. So you might be. Maybe this will help. I have the first album. I <laughs> you're gonna know where I'm going as soon as I say this. The first album I ever owned by Iron Maiden was a live album, and. It has Flight of Icarus on the live album, and I have never, <laughs> and I remember our first conversation we ever had, so I know, we're, I know how deep I'm cutting here. I have always thought that the background vocals on Flight of Icarus on, some, on, on Live After Death were terrible. No. It's another, it's another song like Can I Play With Madness where... Bruce's oh. vocals are so layered on the album that they can never get it live. And don't get me wrong. I love the song. I mean, I'm not saying I don't like any of these songs. I, it was enjoyable to see it live because my daughter loves that song. It was enjoyable to watch her sing it. But I was not, I mean, I wasn't super thrilled that they even played it on the Legacy of the Beast show. Because wow. I don't I don't like the way it sounds live. I don't, I don't, I don't like the way the chorus sounds. And to me, the chorus is one of the standout parts of how great it sounds on peace of mind. Wow. <laughs> you, you know, the most surprising thing about all of that, Uh Oh, what? there's now someone on your port on your podcast who is more hated than Mark. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. He's going to not like that. He's not going <laughs> to like that. <laughs> ah, I mean, each to their own, but, but I think Flight of Icarus, particularly in Life After Death, is an absolute masterpiece. I uh, remember you telling wow. me, you told me that that was your number one favorite piece of recorded Iron Maiden material. <laughs> Flight of Icarus from... <laughs> from live after death and so i knew I, when i said that to you i was like "Ooh, that's gonna be bad <laughs> i am now 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 i'm lost for words this is just <laughs> there you go there you go oh man oh man i like what you did there i like what you did there so but like i said i like the song but i i i mean honestly if i was i wouldn't skip it if i was listening to live after death and i won't skip it probably on the new album but it's not like i'm not going oh i can't i just gotta skip i would never skip to it so man I mean, on the on the new tour, on the Legacy of the Beast tour, it is the, in my mind, it's the highlight of the entire show. Mm, okay, well, the the visuals, the uh, Dave's oh, yeah. awesome yeah. guitar solo, on the outro, uh, Bruce's vocals, the oh, flames, the inflatables. Yeah, it oh, it's oh, the presentation wow. was great. But I, now, yeah, I, I, <laughs> we'll have to we'll have a, we'll have a uh, Knights of the Dead discussion later on. So I don't I don't want to yeah, get too bogged will. down there. So. Um, because uh, I definitely yeah, I, have, I feel like the highlight of the, the show was not, that was not the highlight of the show for me. So, Wow. I, I think uh, we should move on. I think we should move yeah, on let's, now. Yeah, let's go. Let's go before, <laughs> let's go while we're still friends. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, that remi- okay, I got to just tell a quick thing. When I listened to the, uh, last night I listened to A Matter of Life and Death, the reviews from uh, Talking Made, and then there was one part where uh, Nesbitt was talking about uh, Josh goes, oh, I give this song a nine and a half. It was uh, for the greater good of God. And Nesbitt goes, I give this song about a seven. And then he just immediately goes, friendship over. <laughs> it just made me laugh. So, uh, nice. okay. So what is your number two, 
number three song? My number two, number three song is another deep cut uh, that doesn't get enough love, and I wish they'd bring it back and play it live again. Sea of Madness from Somewhere in Time. Okay, okay. It's got great lyrics. It's got a really unique uh, bass riff to it in particular. Fantastic Adrian Smith song. Yeah, I love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah, I agree with, I agree with everything you just said there. Um, but I'm going to have to disagree with you a little bit because my number two, my number three, Two number three song is the prisoner. Um, I've always liked the prisoner. They played it at the very first Iron Maiden show I ever attended, uh, the Seventh Sun tour. But I've never loved that song up until this year. And one day I was listening to it, and I just it just hit me. I just all of a sudden I was like, this song is epic. There's so much. There's so many cool things going on. It's not just a straight ahead song like I've always really thought about it. But yeah, I love I love that I love Clive Burr's drumming. I love he's a much more simple drummer. Even though his drumming is not easy to replicate, he 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 does things a lot more simple than Nico, and I love that. It's just yeah. it's a great song. It's a very happy song. Kind of like um, Flight of Icarus has a certain amount of happiness to the chorus. Uh, Can I Play with Madness has a lot of happy. You know, it's got a happy sounding. Even though the lyrics aren't happy, it's it's a happy sounding song. You know, in the chorus too. So, yeah. but that's that's my number two. So nice. your number one is obviously my number one, obviously and deservedly, is Flight of Icarus <laughs> from the wonderful Peace of Mind album. Um, okay. Look, these are all great songs, but I look at Flight of Icarus as being a perfect song, especially as a single, and especially live. Yep. Uh, it, I've seen it criticised as being quite a simple song. Um, yeah. Particularly musicians, people who play guitar, they on the forums they say, "Oh, you know, it's such a simple song. I don't care if it's complex or easy. It it sounds wonderful. It's a great yeah. song. Uh, yep, perfect." Well, and, and you and, obviously. Well, okay, wait, yeah. Oddly enough, I want to add this because "Flight of Icarus," to my recollection, is the very first Iron Maiden song I ever heard. Yeah, how quickly they forget, Steve. <laughs> so, so obviously my number one is, and I have an interesting take on this that I've been running by everybody, and I want to see what you think. Obviously mine is Sea of Madness. Great song. Sea of Madness is, if I recall correctly, one of three songs that Adrian wrote by himself for Somewhere in Time, right? It's Wasted Years and Stranger in a Strange Land being the other two. Mm-hmm. I've always looked at I have a couple of theories here. I've always looked at Sea of Madness as a continuation a little bit of Wasted Years because you listen to Wasted Years and there's a lot going on there and hindsight without not look not using hindsight but back then I always kind of thought of it as man this guy is not very happy. He's, you know, he misses his family. He feels like he's on the road too much. This is Wasted Years, you know. Like he's, he feels like he's wasting his time. He's away from his family a little bit. And then you get to see a madness and it's a darker sounding song, you know, and you listen to the, the lyrics where, you know, nowadays I kind of look at it and think, well, he's talking about life on the road again. It's another life on the road kind of song in a way, you know, out in the night, somebody's crying out in the night, the fires burn. Maybe tonight somebody's crying my eyes. They see, but I can't believe my heart is heavy. So I'm like, this guy is. I feel like it's a continuation. It's kind of like he's. It's another thing where I'm like, this guy is not happy. You know, he's he's obviously got emotions he's dealing with. Yeah. So, 
And then, and then later on, now, okay, I love the song because it's dark. I think it's better than Wasted Years or Stranger in a Strange Land. I, I, let me rephrase that. I prefer it to those. They're, they're all great songs. They're all great songs. Um, the other thing I thought is, and I don't know if anyone else, no one else is, no one else has agreed with me on this or said they thought this before, but when Adrian left the band, I remember thinking, well, of course he left the band. Look at, look at those two songs. He was miserable. Like that was his, that was him telling them, you know, this is where I'm at. And then it just took another album and he was gone. Yeah. Of course now, of course now we know that part of that was the direction of the band and things like that. But I always looked at those as these are his, uh, kind of his dear John letter <laughs> to Iron Maiden saying, I'm not very happy. I miss my family. I'm on the road too much. And you know, what do you think? And now you've read his book. It's it's also, you know, he was getting into some pretty serious drinking and Oh, okay. Life on got, the road just, was Yeah. I just got Life the on the Road was today. Right, so okay. Yeah. Oh well, well spoiler alert that you know, he's not a happy camper all the time and Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. He he had some mental health issues and, and he had some alcohol issues and he freely admits that. Sure, sure. Um it's interesting you talk about the lyrics though, because he didn't write any lyrics on Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. Mm-hmm. He only wrote music. So on Summer in Time, that's kind of the last snapshot of his lyrics. Yeah. Before he left the band. So, yeah, it's an interesting perspective, all right. And then here's the other thing I threw out last night to the Weekend Warrior while I was talking to him. The, the, the other song he co-wrote was called Stranger in a Strange Land. So maybe he was the stranger in a strange land. Even though the song's about a guy who fell through the ice, he was the stranger in a strange land at that point because he didn't like where he was. Mm, little bit of a, uh, I'm turning yeah. that into a little bit of a concept piece there. <laughs> I think that one's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> it is, it is, yeah. But I, but I just thought that was kind of a funny thing. But Okay, yeah, so, nice. so we'll move on. But I thought that was a, no one's ever, I, I, I can't believe no one else has ever thought that than just me. I'm just a... Uh, and, 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 and you know what? Out of all the people I'm talking to, I'm probably the only one out of all of us that has never been drunk or, well, I'm not, I don't want to accuse anyone of drug use, but I've never been on any drugs either. <laughs> so, so Wait, are I you just, saying that, are you, did you just say that everyone else you've had on the podcast has a drug problem? No. <laughs> no I, I think I, that's I, what I, I heard. No, I stopped before I said that because I thought, wait a minute, I don't want to <laughs> say that because... It's, I figure everyone else has probably been drunk at some point in their life. I've never been, I don't, I've never liked the, the taste of alcohol, so I've just never been drunk. So, no, but that's, I figured, I, I was kind of, you know, when I was in school as a kid, and um, I was always, you know, people thought I was on drugs and, and all those kind of things. So I was like, no, I, I came up with all these things sober. <laughs> so. <laughs> that's even more frightening. I know, I know. It really says something there. So, okay. So we'll skip down here to the more modern era. Even though, the, isn't it crazy to think of that the more modern era started twenty years ago? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we'll start off again here. Give me your number five, number three song from the post two thousand era. My number five, number three is a song that I've never really liked. Um, it's okay. It, oh boy! I, I would skip it, but I would never seek it out, and I would never add it to a playlist. They didn't play it live when I saw them on this tour, and I was glad for that. Oh, I know because what song I preferred the song now. they played instead. And 
I don't know. All the people who say that they prefer this one because this one made it on the, the, the live chapter album. Oh, wow. I, I just don't like the song. So this is The Great Unknown from The Book of Souls. I think it's a pretty weak song, to be honest. Oh, wow. I know you're a fan, but it, it just leaves me cold. That is not what I was expecting. Oh, and you're going to probably, yeah, this is another area you'll probably get mad on when you hear some of the things that I say about a different <laughs> song that appears on that same album. <laughs> well, we don't need to dwell on other songs. We can just focus on the list in well, this front. Is, this is about number threes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. So for me, my number five, my number five, number three song is No More Lies. Oh. And I, I like the song. I really like it on Death on the Road. Wait, is that, the, is that right? Yeah. Yes, Death yeah. on the Road. I really like I like the way Bruce sings the chorus and then gets the audience involved. I like it a lot. But to me, the weakest part of the song is the chorus. I mean, I, I've been reciting the chorus lyrics to everybody, and I won't, I won't bore you with saying those three words about 12 times in a row <laughs> but yeah that's the I, I like the song i don't dislike the song but it's just you have to put one at the bottom and that's the one i chose <laughs> there you go there you go so what is your next one your number four my number four number three for the 2000s is mother of mercy from the final frontier uh, another song this, this could have easily been my number five but it just beat out the great unknown because about the last 30 seconds of mother of mercy, mm-hmm. uh, the song really kicks in. I'm just a lonely and, soldier fighting in a bloody hopeless war. That part. Don't know what I'm fighting. Yeah. I'm, fighting, mm. I'm fighting for yada, yada, yada. Um, <laughs> that, that part really lifts the song for me. If the whole song okay. had been based around that style, then I probably would have really liked it. But overall, I think it's pretty weak. And it's always annoyed me on the Final Frontier album during the chorus. uh, Bruce's voice in the chorus is so clipped. Like, it's so obvious. It's clipped. So he sings Mother of Mercy. And they clip. And then, like, you could tell he doesn't take a breath. He's not singing the whole chorus in one go. Gotcha. They just it, it clips in with Mother of Mercy, and then he sings with Mother of Mercy. It just it clips in. It yeah. sounds really unnatural, and it's always yeah. bugged me. Maybe that's why they didn't do it live. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I don't know, man. To me, the lyrics help that song so much because it's a war song. You know, like rivers fl- rivers flow with blood. There's nowhere left to hide. It's hard to comprehend. There's anyone left alive. Sick of all the killing and the reek of death. Oh man. Uh, you're you're not going to probably like where I put that song or what I put under that song. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, my number four is. Hold on, let me think this one. Let me think real quick because I don't have it in front of me. So I'm, I'm um, Brave New World. Wow. <laughs> wow. I, and I, hey, I'm not saying I lo- I don't like the song, but. If I was ranking, let's just pretend I was ranking the songs on that album from most favorite to least favorite, or you know how you know how you do that on an album where every song is really awesome. So that's what that album is. But I would rank that closer to the bottom than I would the top. Wow. But yeah, I, I like the song. I just, uh, I just, um, it's it's my number four. <laughs> okay, there you go. All right. 
Number three, number three. Number three, number three. For me is, is uh, from Dance of Death, No More Lies. Okay. Uh, I know, you, obviously, you're not a fan of the song. I, I, I like it. Um, it's a bit long. It's a bit repetitive. Yes, it suffers from the we only write one line for the chorus syndrome, yeah. like yeah. so many of post-2000 Maiden songs. But the, I'm ranking this mainly on the live version. Um, oh, yeah. The version on, on Death of the Road is, is just so much fun. It's, oh, it, yeah. sounds, it sounds like the band are having fun when they play it. The guitar melody just yeah. sounds, you know, and the crowd singing oh, along, yeah. just oh, superb. Yeah. And the, the EP that they released for it was really cool. Um, it, had, it had some cool extras on it, came with a little sweet band, nice box packaging and everything. So, yeah, I've got fond memories of that track. It's, it's a cool song. And I'm sure you own that, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course. Of course you do. Of course you do. Okay, so my number three, number three, is going to be... Oh, I, I've, I've had a lot of trouble remembering this song, and I'm, I had a little trick to remember the name of it. For some reason, I can't do it now. Um, <laughs> the, the, the song that you listed as your number five. Um, the Great Unknown. Unknown. Yeah, I was using the unknown because I couldn't remember it. So yeah, the great well, it's, unknown. It's, it's the unknown song title, so that's very nice. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, but to me, the great unknown. I like it. I think. I think I have a. I have a live. I don't have a full live recording from Dallas because I wasn't recording the new songs in full when I went to that show. But I went back and listened to it a while back, and I was just as soon as that the the little riff that starts out the song. Oh man, it's. To quote, to quote somebody that we're familiar with, deadly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love. I, I really, really. The more I hear that song, the more I like it. I think it's um, uh, like I've said to many other people, and I, I, you know, I know you don't want to hear this. I'm very glad that when I saw that tour, I got to hear that song live, as opposed to whatever the replacement for it was in New Zealand. <laughs> I won't even name songs, but I don't because I don't want to get tears from a clown here. Oh, sorry. Oh, look out! Whoops. <laughs> you like what I did, I meant, there, right? <laughs> Adrian Solo on Tears of a Clown stands head and shoulders over everything about the Great Unknown. Mm, it's a good, yeah. I, I I can't. I won't say that that's not a great solo. I, it's and and really, I, and I have said this uh, to a couple of people. I, I listened to the Book of Souls a couple of nights ago, um, and I really listened to because I had a conversation with somebody saying that they felt like they should have clipped the album after Shadows of the Valley, clipped it a hundred percent, like like no wow. no tears of a clown, no uh, no Empire, Empire of the Clouds, yeah. So uh, no, and, and no Man of Sorrows either. So. What? Why would you? Why would you stop with Shadows of the Valley? It's like the worst song on the album. Oh no, I I prefer that way. I per, you like you like Tears of a Clown and you better than better than that. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. That's oh, yeah, a great yeah. song. Now I'm gonna say something different. Now there's another person that's more hated than Mark on my <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Ask for fear. Uh, no, nah, no, nah, it's okay, but that's okay. But um, yeah, but I do like I do like the great unknown. I think musically, it's a, it's really cool musically. Whereas, Tears of a Clown and uh, the follow up behind it are both pretty. They're decent. 
I'll, and I do enjoy them, and I have appreciated Tears of a Clown more when I listen to it now because I think you were involved in the process of saying the lyrics are really deep, and 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 I can certainly appreciate that. So, cool. All so right, your number, number two, your number two, number two from the from the album of the same name, Brave New World. Okay, I love okay. the song. Um, when I was, uh, I want to say about twelve, I think. I got sent to the principal's office uh, at school, um, okay. headmaster for uh, Andrew and Kirsty, um, and she sent me some. Uh, she sent me to like a detention room. I was being a naughty little boy, and she uh, gave me a book to read to keep me interested because um, I didn't have any work to do. And she gave me a copy of Brave New World from the Interesting. library, Interesting. and I sat there and I read it in an afternoon, and I absolutely loved it. And I still do. It's a fantastic book. So when the song, well, when the when the album name was announced, I was like, "Oh, that's cool." They're they're kind of riffing off the name of one of my favorite books. And then when I heard the song, I was like, "Oh, wow! It's actually based the on song. the book, <laughs> yeah. albeit loosely." Um, but yeah, it's 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 a great song. Um, a lot of fun live. Yeah, it's it's got it's another song with a really repetitive chorus. Um, yes. But the, the lyrics are really really good. Um, oh, it, yeah. It's not one of it doesn't you know a lot of maiden songs based on books or movies that they take things quite literally. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know the Talking Maiden guys, for example, are quite down on um, what is it? Uh, some of the songs where they, they they talk about a movie almost scene for scene, or they yeah. criticise Alexander the Great for reading from the Wikipedia page type thing. Whereas with Brave <laughs> New World, I think the lyrics are a lot more subtle than that, and they stand up yeah. on their own. Um, okay. But live is where it really stands out for me. Um, okay. If I you haven't heard that. it, there's a fantastic bootleg from the Brave New World tour from a place in the Netherlands called Nijmegen. Okay. Um, I think the album had been out for three days when they played, and uh-huh. so it was all all the material was brand new, and the yeah. band are absolutely ferocious on stage, and the performance of Brave New World on that bootleg is the best I've ever heard. So if you haven't heard it, Nijmegen. From you need to send it, go, go, send it to me. It yeah, we'll do. It's awesome. Okay, okay. So your, my your number, number two. two, my number two, number three song is "Mother of Mercy" from um, from Final Frontier. I absolutely love the song, even though I notice what you're talking about in the chorus. I love. I just love how Bruce wails in the chorus. You know, even though. And here's what really makes me mad about it, though. On Brave New World, they played track three on that tour. We have a recording of it. On Dance of Death, they played track three. On Matter of Life and Death, of course, we know they played track three. On Final Frontier, they skipped track three. And then on (laughs) Book of Souls, they played track three. So the only one they skipped is... I mean, if Brighter Than a Thousand Suns was not in this list, Mother of Mercy would absolutely be my favorite out of these these songs. But I love a lot of it has to do with the fact that it's a war song, too. It's about a soldier and a war. I love it. I love the there's so many great lyrics in it. The one that the one that I that we started quoting just a minute ago. um, uh, I'm just a lonely soldier fighting in a bloody, hopeless war and all that. I, I just I love that line. I love the whole I just love the whole song. It really feels like he's singing from that perspective and it's great to me, but yeah. So uh, that's my number 
to number three. There you go. So that leaves that leaves only one. I think we should do this one together. Yeah, let's. Um, Brighter than a thousand suns. Wow, what a song from an amazing album, Matter of Life yes. and Death. Um, yes. Again, incredible lyrics, fantastic music. Adrian, I keep saying Adrian's guitar work on all yeah. of these songs, but this one in particular is just incredible. Um, it's great on the studio. It's it's great live. Um, there's a there's a my favorite version of this is one they recorded at Made Vale Studios for the BBC. Uh-huh. I don't know if you've seen that. It was a, it was a, like a TV special they did. They they played it live in a studio, and man, it is so so good. Oh, wow. I could listen to the song all day, and I really wish they'd keep they'd bring this back into the live set. It's oh, it's man. just perfect. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, absolutely, absolutely. That song is. When I was listening to the Talking Maiden episode last night, and they mentioned that the song is about eight or nine minutes long, and I just I went what. Yeah, it, it just doesn't. It it flies by. It's, I mean, of course, the album is so. It's everything fits so perfectly on that album. It certainly does not feel. It's hard to dis, It's hard to really distinguish sometimes where one song ends and another. I mean, you can obviously tell. I've I've never been able to lay on the floor and, and stare at the lyrics and read the lyrics and all that good stuff so um but yeah that song is absolutely killer yeah that song it's it doesn't feel at all like an eight eight minute song a lot yeah. of the songs on that album don't feel that way that song i can't wait to review that album because i've absolutely come coming clean on this podcast that i'm doing this on that is my favorite album. Let me say this to you, and I'm going to see how this sits with you. I like A Matter of Life and Death better than The Number of the Beast, better than Power Slave, better than Peace of Mind, <laughs> better than Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. It's my favorite album. I've come uh, to grips with the fact that that is my favorite Iron Maiden album, and I'm actually working on my list my uh i know what my bottom four are i think oh, nice. i know i think i know what my top five are so uh it's I, i'm pretty sure i know my top five as well so i just got to figure out let's see if i got five and four that's nine so i've i got six seven other albums that i have to figure out exactly where they fall <laughs> into the uh mix so tied for first right <laughs> well mm, I don't know. That's a, that's a tough one because number one, it, well, I don't want to. I don't want to say it on here on our recording. Actually, I'll say it. I'll delete this out. Um, I'll tell. I'll tell you what I've got so far. Top five. <laughs> you really thought I was going to leave that in there? You thought I forgot, didn't you? No. That's for a later date. Sorry, bro. But I'm working on the albums. So I think having this podcast is going to help me with some of coming to grips with some of these things. So, but, um, okay, well here, I'll, uh, I know I'm going to have to hop off here. So I'm going to, I'll, I'll, I'll formally end us and then I'll, I'll patch this together. However I have to, to make it. Yeah. Cool. Good luck with that. Yeah. So, uh, so James, I appreciate the time. I, 
it's a blast. I always enjoy talking to you, and I appreciate you taking the time to come up with your top five number three songs and your take on the song Sign of the Cross as well. Cool. Well, thanks, Steve. Always fun. Yeah. And I look forward to hearing the episode and hearing what everyone else's lists are. Cheers, yeah, mate. Yeah. Well, yeah. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I feel like Nico a little bit here. I feel like I pulled one over on you guys just for a second. But, you know, trust me, uh, I am working on that list for real. It's not 100% complete, but I definitely uh, coming along and it'll definitely get shared on here whenever it's ready to be shared. So um, sorry to do that to somebody. I'm sure somebody might have actually cared to know. But um, next up, I have the Weekend Warrior himself. Maybe you don't know him by that name. You probably know him better by this name. Georgie Whitnall's dad. All right. I have the weekend warrior, Andrew Whitnall, on the line with me. How are you doing, sir? Not too bad. How are you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Now, we've been chatting for, we've been, yeah, thank you. We've been chatting for a while here. And obviously, uh, everybody's heard what we're going to talk about. So. We'll go straight into it here. The first thing we are going to discuss is the sign of the cross, the new single that came out a little earlier this week uh, for the Knights of the Dead album. That's the correct way. Is that the way it said? So, yes, I think that's how they say it. Okay. So, um, so you, so you, uh, have you given that song a listen? Oh, I've given it a couple of listens to. Yes, indeed. Okay. And uh, okay, so what do you yeah, what do you think? Um, well, I know a lot of the uh, the talk has been about the the atmosphere, if you like, the, the crowd noise. Mm-hmm. And um, especially after the Aces High came out. <laughs> and I thought this one sounded better. Okay. Uh, and I, know I liked it, but um I've also listened to the um, uh, Rock in Rio version, and okay. I I prefer that one. But uh, sure. yeah, I, I I quite I quite like this one. I I, I preferred this one to the to, to the Aces High that uh, they released a couple, two or three weeks ago. Um, yeah, it just sounded a bit better. But um, I understand what uh, some people are saying about the uh, the. The, the feel of it the, the, as being a live uh, right. recording. It, it feels that the crowd is a bit distant. And yeah. uh, it, uh, that was particularly noticeable on Aces High, but not so much on this one. But I like okay. it. Yeah. I, I, I think you really uh, – have you been listening to my comments on it already? Because <laughs> uh, yeah, I really agree with pretty much everything you said. I thought – the audience was more audible from the get-go. Mm-hmm. And, but I did think it was weird because when you listen, you hear the audience, and then it just seems like all of a sudden you can almost hear somebody grab the knob and go, oh, turn them down. <laughs> it, sounds, <laughs> it, was, it was kind of interesting. And then later on in the song, you hear the audience some, like on certain parts where he's singing, you know, the sign of the cross, and you hear the crowd. Mm-hmm. Like, on Rock and, like you said on Rock and Rio, which I do prefer as well, um, mm. You can hear the crowd so much better, and mm. Iron Maiden has really spoiled the fans with that type of. I've, I never really cared about the crowd that much until you hear 
you know, them singing the guitar lines in songs and things like that. Yes. So yes. the my other complaint about the sign of the cross from the new the the new album is okay, Bruce is twenty years older, so these are just it's kind of nitpicky complaints, but is he's obviously older and it sounds like he has a hard time two things. It seems like he has a hard time keeping up a little bit with the lyrics yeah. as well as it seems like he has, like sometimes he's getting behind and then sometimes it almost sounds like he's getting ahead. And I'm like, is, is that kind of a, a mental thing where he's in his mind? Cause, cause in Dallas, he got way ahead on a couple of songs, but I think it was because oh, really? he got, yeah, especially aces high, but I think mm. it was because he got, away from his monitors and he couldn't he thought he knew the the beat of the song and he's singing it because then you can hear and i mean i've got the video on my phone mm -hmm. he he runs up to the front of the stage and he's singing uh, a part it's the part where he says jump in the cockpit start up the engines remove all the wheel blocks he gets way ahead mm -hmm. and then he and then he runs back and you can tell he's getting ready to go running scrambling and he stands there and you realize he hear he doesn't hear the little da -da 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 -da, the little drum thing that Nick Go <laughs> does there. He doesn't hear it. He stands there, and you can see like here he's almost about to say it, and he just <laughs> halts and he realizes, oh, I'm ahead. And then he hears that da -da 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 -da, run in, and he sings it on the right pace. Then, so uh -huh, okay. But I think <laughs> that was totally just his placing on the stage. I think he got. <laughs> I don't believe he wears in ear monitors. I believe he uses uh, floor monitors. <laughs> so. Okay. But the first time I listened to it alone without anything, I thought, I don't really think Bruce sounds that great. The second time I listened to it, I thought, I think Bruce sounds a lot better than I thought he sounded the first time. Mm. Um, it's clearly different. Uh, as you say, yeah. he's 20 years older. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And of course, and he's I, been through a lot. Sure, sure. Oh, yeah, of course. And I followed it up with, like you did with um, with the Rock and Rio version, which you can't compare anything to the Rock and Rio version. The Rock and Rio version, to me, is you know, and no no slight on the album version with Blaze, but to me, the Rock and Rio version is the definitive version of that song. It's so yes. so good, so good. But yeah. yeah I, I, but I, I, think overall... I, I do like that one. The, the um, sorry, the uh, the Bruce Dickinson's version on yeah Rock and Rio. I really love that version of Sign of the Cross. Yeah, yeah, I, I love Blaze, but you know Bruce is the definitive singer. He's the guy well, that you know it's just it just is what it is. Yeah, I was thinking this, and I was thinking that there there are several of those Blaze era songs that really fit well with Bruce's um, voice and, you know, how, how he presents. Yeah. And, and I think Sign of the Cross is definitely one of those. Oh, like, like if you, like you compare, you know, you listen to Lord of the Flies. Is it on, I think that's on Death on the Road that they do Lord yeah, of the Flies. Yes. I mean, and the way his voice is soaring when he's like, Saints and Sinners! I mean, Indeed. oh my gosh. I mean, I'm sorry, but you can't... I like the version with Blaze on it, but it just doesn't even... It, he takes it into another stratosphere. You know, he just... Yes. Yes. It's, it's otherworldly. And I, I don't mind the version 
with with uh, Blaze. But you know, Bruce took the song and made it his own. And something I I don't know if I've mentioned this. I may have mentioned it with somebody, but one thing I, I think I might have said a controversial thing recently on Twitter because, and I think this is a funny thing that I, a, a weird thing about me. Mm-hmm. My my favorite singer of all time is Bruce Dickinson. Oddly mm. enough. <laughs> but, but I think the best singer, the best metal singer of all time is not Bruce Dickinson. It's Rob Halford. Ah, okay. And if if every Judas Priest album was as good as Screaming for Vengeance or Painkiller, then I would probably, who knows, I might even, I don't think I would prefer Priest because I just prefer Maiden, but mm. the, the the diversity of Judas Priest is so much that I prefer, I prefer this, the, what do you call it, the consistency in Iron Maiden. Yes. You know, you, you almost always, you know, you take out, the nineties, you know, take out fear of the dark and no prayer. And the albums are very consistent and they, they kind of go. I, I mean, I've always, always loved Rob Halford's vocals. I think he is phenomenal. I mean, he, he just, he's great. And he's, mm-hmm. and, and the other thing about him is he, he, he seems like a very humble person. I've been yes. listening to some, some podcasts with him lately. And, oh, I, I love Rob Halford. I mean, he's so awesome. He is so so awesome, but um, so I, I, it's always funny when I tell people I'll say my favorite singer of all time is Bruce Dickinson, but I think the best metal singer of all time is Rob. So, mm. and I think that, and I, and I think I've clarified it there. So, I mean, nope. my favorite my favorite band of all time, we know who that is. I mean, I don't have it. It's not Uncle Steve's Judas Priest zone. <laughs> no. So, but yeah. So that. So yeah. I I, I do. I mean, when I saw the Legacy of the Beast show in in Dallas, it was a week before I saw the or before I'm sorry, it was a week before they recorded a week or so before they recorded these out al- this album and yeah yeah and I need to go back and listen to my version the version I have on my phone of Sign of the Cross and compare it because all I know is when I listen to what Bruce sounded like I've listened to the recording I mean I. Pretty much have every song recorded from that show I went to, mm-hmm. and I've listened to the, the total show probably five or six times, mm-hmm. and it it's phenomenal to me. Bruce knocked it out of the park on that show, mm-hmm. so great, so great. So it surprised me a little bit when I heard the way I you know when I first heard it, I thought I don't think, I just don't think he sounds as good, but then like I said, I think he does. He sounds. I think he listens. It'll just it'll be like okay. You have to adjust a little bit because, like you said, you because I followed it up immediately with Rock and Rio. Immediately, I yeah. listened to one and then the other, and I was like, so I caught all the things. I was like, okay, this that was better here, that was better here. But you know, you take a twenty-year-old version of me compared to a forty-year-old version of me, <laughs> you know, and and I'm a, I'm a lot better specimen than I was now. <laughs> you know, so well, yes, it comes to us all, doesn't it? It does. It does. So okay, the other thing is, or the the next thing we're gonna do is Mm -hmm. ranking ranking song number three off of 
you know, putting them in a top five of yep. number of the beast, peace of mind, power slave, somewhere in time, and seventh son. So yes, we and can how, do this too. How, how difficult was this? <laughs> you know, uh, it depends. It, 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 yeah, this one was a little. We'll see. We'll see. Because I, one of the one part, my number one was easy. One part, my number five was easy. Actually, right. both parts, my number five was a little easy. So. Okay. So now we, we can do this. I'll let you choose. We can do this one of two ways. You can start with your number five, and I'll do my number five, or I'll start with my number five, and you do your number five, and then we can swap on the second set, or you can do your number five first on both sets, or I can do mine both on first sets. So you choose. Uh, me choose. Oh, uh, we, yeah. we you you kick off then with with part one. Okay, part one. My number five is "Can I Play with Madness." Oh, really? <laughs> yes. I and, wasn't and, expecting that. Yeah, I, it seems to... Some people are surprised, some people aren't. Now, the reason being, I'll, I'll make it relatively quick. Um, right. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a little uh, reasoning. Uh, a one, a two, a one, two, three, four. <laughs> I hate the way they... Yes. I, hate the, I hate the way they do it live. And right. to me, it's... If I'm ranking the songs on that album... That's probably in the bottom two. I think it's either the weakest or the next to the weakest song. I prefer it on the album to the live version. And I don't mm -hmm. hate the song. I don't skip mm -hmm. it when I listen to it by any means. But no. of the five that we're talking about, I've, it's definitely my least favorite of those five. Oh, okay. All right. What would Fair you enough. say? What is your number five, number three song? <laughs> my number five, number three song is... Loss for words, brackets, big aura. Okay. And the reason behind that is? Um, it's my, of, of the few instrumentals that they've done, mm -hmm. it's my least favorite of them. And oh, wow. I, I was listening to it. I listened to it again. I went through them all a couple of times today. Yeah. And it just doesn't do very much for me, I'm afraid. Okay. Hey, so I opinion. found I found putting that number five quite easy. Okay, okay. I thought about making that my number five just because it doesn't have vocals. Because mm. I think I think because I think instrumentally, I I don't know I, I haven't really put the songs in order. I think. Well, I did a poll recently. Of mm -hmm. it was Transylvania, Genghis Khan. Lost for Words and the Ides of March. Mm -hmm. And I think, honestly, the best one of those five, at least the most, I think the one that sounds the most awesome is Ides of March. But then at the same time, I feel like Ides of March is part of Wrathchild in a way. Yes, yeah, just sort of like an introduction. Yeah. So I, I didn't, so I did not vote for that on my poll. I voted. My favorite one was Lost for Words because. Really? No. Yes. Okay. I, I, and if I was ranking them, I think I would do Lost for Words, Transylvania, and then Genghis Khan. So, but I like them all. I like them all. And that's and uh, that is my number four, number three song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's all number four. Yes. Oh, right. okay. Mm. Now, if it had vocals, it would probably be. It, who knows where it would be? It might be my number one. Oh, okay. but, but we'll never know unless unless Wayne decides to put some vocals on it that are really majestic. In a couple we in a couple months here, you know. Ah, <laughs> uh, that would be good. Yes. Yeah, 
and maybe get some background vocals, you know, from from friends. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so, what mm. is your number four, number three song? My number four, number three song is "Flight of Icarus." Oh wow! Sorry, I I, I thought that might upset somebody. Oh uh, yeah, I know. I know at least one person that'll be upset when they hear that. But, uh, <laughs> Uh, maybe more than one, but that doesn't really upset me. It's your number four. I, it's it's it surprises me. It does surprise me based on well, my number f- what not my number five is. It surprises well, me. It, so. well, it, well, yes, and 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 it's uh, it's not that I don't like it at all. But with oh, given sure, the sure. given the other three, I prefer yeah, them. Yeah, yeah they're and all great songs. That's all it is for that one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So my number three, number three. Yes. It's Flight of Icarus. It's and it's and it's odd to me. I was thinking about this more before I talked to you earlier. When I thought about it, and I thought it's really strange because sentimental values. Flight of Icarus is the first Iron Maiden song I ever heard. Oh, okay, it, yeah. it's yeah. the one. It's the one that the the I was arguing on the school bus with the guy and he said listen to this mm-hmm. he might have brought me just a piece of mind maybe it wasn't the first maybe the first thing i heard was um where eagles dare i don't recall but i seem to remember it being flight of icarus so right. yep so you would think that the sentimental value of it being my first but i don't attach that sentimental value to that song for some reason even though i, I love the song i also mm-hmm. do not like the way it sounds it, similarly to can I play with madness? I don't think they nail the chorus because Bruce's vocals are so layered on the nice. album version. Mm-hmm. And I never, I never feel like they nail it. So I don't like, I don't like the way it sounds there. Uh, contrary to what, you know, somebody I've had people tell me that, that they thought that flight of Icarus was the absolute best thing that Iron Maiden had ever done on running on a uh, live after death. I don't like the way it sounds on live after death. <laughs> I don't hate it, but, but I don't love it either. So, mm. yeah. So, so now this is where I usually get confused. What? Okay, no, 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 no. Not yet. Not yet. I'll, on the next part, I probably will. What's your number three? Number three. My number three, and this I found separating the these three very, very difficult. I, I've oh, I've yeah. moved them around during the day listening to it. I've moved them around a couple <laughs> of times, and I have finally gone with Sea of Madness as my number three. Whoa. Okay. Okay. So. Uh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, it could so, easily be my number one. It's just okay. Yeah, I, I, in, I gotcha. end, in the end, I had to start really breaking down what what did I really, 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 really like listening to today, and uh, that's why whatever it is is my number one. And I just went from there. So, see it, Mad- see it, madness number three, fantastic song, love it. But um, okay, yeah, it's well, um, not made the top two. Okay. Okay. But like, I got you. I understand that. It's they're they're okay. They're good. So they're all good songs. So, um, my number two, number three song, I did it right. Is going to be the prisoner. Mm-hmm. Um, 
in the last probably, I don't know how many months it's been, but one, I've always liked the prisoner, but I've never loved the prisoner. Mm-hmm. And at some point this year, I was listening to it and it just hit me all of a sudden. I was like, wow, this song is epic. It's a really like phenomenal song. And I just, mm-hmm. it, it, I think the thing that has always made me not feel that way. And the thing that definitely would differentiate it from when I talk about my number one is it's, it's very happy, at least the chorus, you know, not a prisoner. It's happy sounding, you know, and you don't, you don't like being happy. I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I tend to like things to have, uh, not that I hate happy songs, but I, I kind of, I, I kind of tend toward liking things with a darker nature, uh, songs that are not written in, um, I guess what they call major key, you know, more like a, a song that's written in a minor key that's got a little more of a dark feel to it. So, okay. Mm. So, what is your number two, number three song? My number two, number three song is "Can I Play with Madness." Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm, you know, a little surprised that you put that so high, but okay. Got that far. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah. It's a it's a damn good romp of a song and um it's on my favourite album, of course. Um sure. uh yeah, it, it um it was it was touch and go at one stage. It could have been my number one. But uh, there you go. Okay. Sorry. Okay, that's understandable. That's all that's okay. <laughs> so obviously my number one my number one number three from the eighties albums is Sea of Madness. And mm-hmm. And I'm going to throw, I've, I've been throwing this at everybody to see what they think, because yep. I have a theory about Sea of Madness, because there's three, I think I remember this properly, there's three songs on Somewhere in Time that Adrian wrote by himself, if I remember right. There's right. Wasted Years, there's this one, and there is Stranger in a Strange Land. Mm-hmm. I have always kind of felt like Wasted Years and sea of madness were almost like a little bit of um a part one and a part two okay yeah you know or a um a brother you know kind of like i thought you listened to and especially with him leaving the band a couple of years <laughs> later you listen to uh, um <sighs> wasted years and you know it seems like this is a guy who misses his family, yes. who is tired of being on the road, who feels mm-hmm. like he's missing out, he's not enjoying himself. Mm. And then you uh, you listen to um, See a Madness, and it's um, my eyes they see, but I can't believe my heart is heavy as I turn my back and leave. That yes. could be, you know, when, you know, that could be about sad things that he's seeing, you know, mm. out on, out in the night, somebody's crying out in the night. The fires burn, you know, maybe tonight somebody's crying. And, you know, mm. somewhere I hear a voice that's calling out in the dark. There burns a dream, you know, just different parts that are that seem like another even though this even though Wasted Years is a lot happier. Sea of Madness has a darker tone to it for sure. Oh, and shit. I always have kind of thought of these two songs as, like I said, a part one and a part two a little bit, even though they're completely different sounding mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but i've always attributed that to well why would anyone be surprised that adrian left the band of course not knowing what we know now 
But why would anyone be surprised that Adrian left the band? He practically told the guys he was miserable in these two songs. <laughs> you know? So, and, yeah. and even if you, and if you really wanted to, you know, I know we all know Stranger in a Strange Land is about, you know, a man that fell through the ice and it's about a specific person and all that. Mm-hmm. But maybe, maybe, hey, maybe you could tie that together with just the title. Adrian was a stranger in a strange land. He didn't want to be there anymore, you know? So I didn't even think about that until right now, but, but yeah, I've always, I always kind of thought of it that way. So mm. does that, mm. does that resonate? Does that resonate at all? You know what? I'm going to, I might have to give them uh, another listen and then have that in my mind when I'm listening to those two songs together. So, yeah. yeah. That's an interesting yeah. thought. Mm. Oh, and my last thing I'll say about it, and I have said this yes. to other people, but I'll say it to you just to hear your reaction if you have one, mm-hmm. I prefer Sea of Madness to all three of those, to those three songs, to Wasted Years or to Stranger to Strangeland. Oh, right. Okay. Well, I can understand. I, uh... <laughs> I, I, I have to admit, Stranger in a Strangeland is, is one of my favorite songs yeah, of, yeah. Of, all, of all of them. So um, I, would, I would put that above, above Sea of Madness, but um, there you <laughs> that's, go. That's, you know, you have a right to not be correct. That's fine with me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, apparently, my, yeah. my opinion, according to you and uh, was it Mister Mister Don McIntyre, my opinion isn't particularly valid. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We uh, Don, you know, and I wasn't, you know, I, I I like Don, but I didn't realize how smart he was until me and him came <laughs> uh, came together on that. <laughs> that's right. You know, Never he mind. is he is uh. Him and uh, I will address this just now since it's, I just thought about this, but him and his other scouser, <laughs> Stephanie, they, they, you know, you were the one that, that gave me the name, the, Liver, uh, the Liverpool Scousers. Uh, and I, uh, I'm the guilty party, yes. Yeah, and she said, she had said on there when I said it, she goes, I've been called a lot worse. <laughs> I thought it was... <laughs> And, and uh, I thought it was great when you said it. I just I thought I don't even know what that means, but I just love the way it sounds. It's just there you go. Yes. <laughs> okay. So what is your? Oh, we already know what it is, but tell me what your number my, one, my number three from the nineteen eighties is. Yes. Well, it, it the, my number one is the prisoner. Okay. And what pushed it over the line was that drumming. Um, sure. I just absolutely loved it, and um, it, it that, that was the thing that that put it above the other two as as my number one song. I love the song anyway. I've always loved the song, but yeah. listening it, listening to it again today, I that was the thing that really grabbed me more than anything else. Yeah, yeah. He's it's. I love I love Clive Burr's drumming. I love his yeah. drumming. So yeah. Good, good. You're the only one that's made that point. I love. I, I agree with you there. That's a great point. Great point. So, mm. so, so the next one we have up is the 2000s. We have yep. um, the the five albums that came out then. Uh, I'm sure you have them written down in front of you, but w- I, I know what they are, and you know what they are. So let's go straight into it. We'll go. Um, uh, you're okay. I went first last time, so you'll go first this time. So, what is your number five, number three song from? The six man, two thousand. See how numbers I can say. <laughs> so what would you say uh, is that? My, yeah, my number five, and I don't know. This this might be upsetting to some people. Is okay. Brave New World? Okay, okay. I, 
that doesn't really upset me, but, um, oh, right. Uh, Good. So, but I, you know, it's okay. These are all, these songs are, I like all these songs as well. So mm-hmm. it's, yes. it's not like, like I said, it's not, it's basically you're picking, you know, your, your three. Yeah, never mind. I was going to try to make a football reference, but I don't know enough <laughs> about it to do it. You did be like taking the three best guys on the team and saying, you know, well, this one's a little better because of that. This one's a little better because of that. So, yes, yes. It's, Spl- it's, splitting it's, hairs, they say. It is splitting hairs. hairs. Yes, yes. My, my number one in this list was very obvious and putting the others in order was just, um, you know, okay. it was. Okay. Yeah. I'm, so I'm curious now. I'm curious now. Mm. So for me, my number five, number three from the 2000s was No More Lies. Oh, okay. And, and the biggest reason is <clears throat> that the chorus, I'll, let me tell you the words in the chorus. No more lies. No more <laughs> lies. No more lies. No more lies. And times that about three more times and, you know, four more times. And that's all it is. And, and I, I like the song, and I, I really, really like the version on uh, "Death on the Road." Mm-hmm. I like, I like the audience participation on that. So, yep. Yep. I do like the song. I just, but it was easy for me to, to pick that out of the other ones. So, okay, fair enough. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I get is. what you, I get what you, you're, 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 you're saying about that. And, and str- funnily enough, <laughs> I was reminding my wife today about we had a conversation about this song when we went to see the um, Dance Death Tour, I think it was, wasn't it? And uh, uh, she asked me, she turned to me when this song was on, and she said, what's this called? And I said, <laughs> uh, I said to her, well, you remember, um, you remember at school, I don't know if you had this at school, but did you have somebody that came around and checked your head? They're called a knit nurse in, in Britain. <laughs> yeah. but, um, uh, they check your head for head lice. And this yeah. is a song all about that. It's called No More Lice. No more lies. And, <laughs> and she believed me for a for a short while before she realized I was that, that's you know, funny. Being a bit silly. That is funny. But, uh, that is funny. Now, go. what would you say? Okay, so what would your uh let's see. I went okay, your this will be your number four, number three. What would you my number my number go four, ahead. three, brighter than a thousand suns. Silence. Wait, I, I think we must have had. Uh, there must be something wrong with the line. What did you say? <laughs> Actually, don't say it again. Oh, I don't want to. That's hear it again. the. Oh, I found the upsetting one. Excellent. Very wow. good. Wow. Um, I'll, I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to see if Mark um, has any extra space in his um, <laughs> uh, most hated man in podcast land moniker. Maybe. Wow. Okay. Um, that's okay. Ooh. That's okay. I mean, like we said, you're splitting hairs on how these songs are. So, okay. It, I'm it, not going to. It is splitting Ooh. hairs. Well, okay. Yeah. So, um, based on my response, I'm sure you know where my how my list is going to end. <laughs> oh. um, my number four, number three, is going to be the great unknown. Ooh. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh. Yes, yeah, it's going to have to be the great unknown. Wait a minute, I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. No, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to change it. I'm changing it up right now on the fly. Good Brave grief. new world. <laughs> Brave new world. Okay. Mm. So, 
Um, I like the, I like the song "Brave New World." However, I think it is probably one of the three weakest songs on. Golly, it's I'd probably say it, it might be the weakest song to me on that album, and it's still a phenomenal song. Because that album is chock yes. full of greatness, so it it is, and I was thinking the very same thing today. Yeah, I yeah, agree. Yeah. Mm. So next up is going to be your number three, number three. Yep, my number three, number three is Mother of Mercy. Okay. Okay. Mother mm. of Mercy. Interesting. Okay. Which I, uh, which I, I like I, a lot. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. I'll, like, yeah, I really, 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 really <laughs> like that song a lot. <laughs> um, let's see. Let's just, uh, let's, I'll go to my number three. Mm-hmm. My number three, number three is The Great Unknown. I, I like The Great Unknown. I'm very thankful that I got to hear The Great Unknown on the Book of Souls tour rather than a song that they could have left off the album, in my opinion. Um, yes. What's it called? What's that song I'm thinking of? Uh, Tears of a Clown? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That one. So I, I, I think listening to you, as soon as The Great Unknown kicks in, you know, that. It's just, oh, it's great. Musically, it's a great song. So it is a great song. So, so yeah, that's, uh, that's for me. That's my number three. Number three, I, I originally, I think I started with it at number yeah, four, and then I swapped it. Okay, there we go. So, yeah, yeah. What, so what is your... Number two, number three. My number two, number three, is No More Lies. Okay, okay. Uh, mm. uh, a, I have to say, sp- splitting, the, splitting those the sort of middle three was pretty tricky. And I'm, yeah. I'm not even sure if I agree with myself with putting it number two, but there you go. Okay, okay. That's the decision I made earlier. That's okay. You know what? Tomorrow you can change that, but... Forever, you will. It's kind of like you know, people once they hear your recording, then they'll you know that'll they'll take that. But really, no one pays too much attention to what I say either. So I I I did two podcasts about the same album and totally changed my opinion about a song, and no one one no one not a single person emailed me and said, "Hey, you realize that you said that song was this on that one, but you rated it this on this one." I'm like, Wait. yeah, I know. It was twelve hours later. Sorry. <laughs> so. For me, my number two is Mother of Mercy. But I love that song. I've said this to every single person, but the lyrics to that song really elevate it because it's a war about a soldier. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm just a bloody soldier fighting in a bloody hopeless war. Don't know what it is. Don't know what I'm fighting, who it is, or what I'm fighting for. Thought it was for money. Now I'm not so sure. I seem to just have lost my way. I love. Love the lyrics of that song. I absolutely love it. So, so do uh, I. Yeah, yeah, for me, I, that's 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 what I'm thinking. I should have put number two. Yes, and I'll tell but you what. The most, the most annoying thing about mm-hmm. that song to me, though, is you listen to the live chapter. They have the great unknown on it. Song three. You listen to En Vivo. They have uh, no, no, no. That would that was off of. Uh, that's right. You listen to Rock and Rio. They have no more lies. You listen to Death on the Road. They have, um, uh, what's the other? What's the song three on there that I just uh, didn't say? Uh, no, oh no, I'm sorry. No more lies is off of that one. Yeah, 
And, mm-hmm. uh, th- and then you listen. Of course, they didn't put a live album out, but they did play Brighter Than a Thousand Suns. So it really mm-hmm. irritates me that they didn't re- that they didn't play that on that album on that tour and and get a live recording of it because I think the way Bruce's vocals soar so awesome in the uh, they sound so great in the chorus. So mm, indeed, not just not just the chorus, but mm. so. I think that leaves us with one more song to select here. So your number one, number three from the 2000s is? All right, number one, number three is The Great Unknown. I think wow, it's okay. Exceptional. I wasn't even... and, yeah. <laughs> and yes, I am jealous that you saw it live. <laughs> there you go. But at least, I didn't. But at least they put it on the live album and not Tears of a Clown. <laughs> yes. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, I have, I have grown a little more of an appreciation for that song. You know, mm-hmm. I think I don't know if I was chatting who I chatted with about. It. I might have been James, but just you know, talking about the lyrical content and 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 you know, and and seeing that and and, re, and, and about that, I, I thought, you know what? There's definitely more to it. And I listened to the album a couple of days ago, and I thought to myself, this is a better song than I've given it credit for. Mm. Uh, yeah. Same with. Same with um, same with Man of Sorrows, um, but yeah, I definitely would rather have heard Great Unknown. So for me, yeah, my number one, number three, is mm-hmm. Brighter Than a Thousand Suns. I think that yeah. song, it, that song, is head and shoulders above <laughs> all the other four. They're all they're all good. I think it's, well, let me rephrase it. It's, it is head, it is a giant's head and shoulders above No More Lies. <laughs> and, and uh, but it is, it's, 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 it's from my favorite album. Yes. Declaring that now, I'm not even going to say, it. I've been saying I think my favorite album. I'm just going to declare it now. I'm just going to, I'm, I'm growing, I told you earlier, I'm growing into this. I'm really kind of discovering, I think, what my list of top albums and I'm working on it, so, but yeah, it's it's from my favorite album. It's a killer song. Um, funny enough, I listened to the Talking Maiden episode uh, just a couple of hours ago. The two episodes mm-hmm. they did, only two episodes they did. They did like nine or ten episodes on the X Factor, but they did two yes. on a matter of life and death. <laughs> but um, I think they really. Here, I'm going to put this out there for Nesbitt. I'm speaking to you, Nesbitt. And maybe Josh. I don't know if Josh listens to my podcast, but you guys need to rekindle your podcast and go back at least and redo Somewhere in Time, which only was two episodes. A Matter of Life and Death, especially, which was only two episodes. I think that would be... I don't think anybody would fault you guys doing that. You know? No. Anyway, but yeah, I, but I was listen, but just last night I was listening to that and I did not realize until they said it on there that Brighter Than the Thousand Suns is like eight or nine minutes long. Yeah, it is a long one, isn't it? Yeah. Like I listened to it and I'm like, you know, in the context of listening to the whole album, I listened mm-hmm. to it and it feels like it's, it starts up and next thing it's over and you're into the next song. And it's just like, because the album comes together. So everything oh, is yeah. so, so perfect. It that, is. It- and I don't get to lay around and, you know, stare at the, the, the lyrics and, and understand here's where the break is. Here's where the break is and know which one is which. But man, I was like, 
oh, I just anyone that has not heard those two episodes should go listen to it. Um, I posted this on Twitter just a little earlier, but just in case Alan Bell did not see that, he especially <laughs> needs to go and listen to that because at this point in my life, I feel sorry for Alan. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, oh man, I just yeah, to me that 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 song is so so great so great it's 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 just phenomenal so yeah i love it love absolutely love it so and is that your favorite on that album i you know a while back i i i tried to pick a favorite song because i have always i've always thought it was i always thought it was um uh for the greater good of god because that Mm -hmm. was the first song that really grabbed me off that album Mm mm-hmm but when I did it, when I finally picked my favorite song off that album, I ended up choosing the legacy. Uh, yeah. And I don't, I don't know why, but I just, I think I, I, I listened to it a few, a bunch of times in a, in a short time frame, And I was like, this is my favorite. It just hit me all of a sudden. I went, this is my favorite song from this album, which is hard to say because there's so many songs you could choose. There it's is. your favorite, but, you know, it's so good. Yeah. So. I wouldn't disagree with you on that. Yeah, but I look forward to doing an album review on that one of these days, but I just, God, just, I want to, I don't want to do it just yet. I, I feel like I wouldn't be able to do it justice just yet. So, good. Right. but, uh, yeah, but you know, it's, uh, it's, um, it's definitely, oh, I love that album. I just love that album. So <laughs> good. But, uh, it's a fine album. It's my second favorite. Oh Yeah. But I think I think that about does it. I think we I think we're uh, I think we've definitely uh, covered what we needed to cover. And and obviously me and you, nobody else knows it. But I think everybody, anyone that's talked to me on the phone knows this, that we've been on the phone for a while because because I just I just uh, I just talk a lot. And and you're a good listener. So. I, yeah, I'll just good, sit there and listen. Yes, it's not a good. Com- <laughs> it's not a good. Com- I don't need a good listener. So, I need a good listener, but a good listener puts himself in a uh, peculiar position with me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but man, I've really enjoyed talking to you. I appreciate you taking the time, and um, we'll have to do it again sometime. Yeah, it's always a pleasure. Yeah, thank you, sir. So, how do you follow up the Weekend Warrior? How do you follow up? Georgie Whitnall's dad. It's it's really tough. I had to call in the big guns for this one. I just, I had to call in a man that needs no introduction. So I'm just not going to give him one. All right. I have a very special guest on the line. I was really happy that this person decided to uh, contribute. I have one of the hosts of Talking Maiden. Uh, he also hosts another podcast, and uh, his name is Nesbit. You've probably heard of the guy. What's the name of your other podcast? Uh? It's the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast. Cool. How's it going? I mean, I haven't. Oh, really it's going this. great. Yeah, it's uh, it's really fun doing some deep dives over there too. But uh, it's cool yeah. to come on and talk about Maiden again. Kind of. Heck yeah! Heck yeah! So, uh, do you miss doing? You miss doing Maiden exclusively? Uh, yeah, sort of. It's, uh, I've been on a few podcasts here and there every few weeks talking about Maiden, so that kind of scratches that itch of wanting to get into a Maiden discussion. So it's kind of cool to come on here. Yeah, heck yeah. 
one day, one of these days, like I've been thinking about doing this at some point, but one of these days, cause I know me and you went back and forth a little bit about Danzig. So one of these days I want to, I want to at least do the first four albums. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, something like Tuck that. Your ear off about Danzig. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> that's cool. Well, I do appreciate you coming on here. So, um, what we're doing is, uh, first off, I'll just ask you straight up. What are your thoughts on the sign of the cross the new, from the new album? I don't know. Pretty, I you, I read online, of course, when stuff like this happens, and you hear a lot of people kind of complaining. People complaining about the mix and complaining about the performance. But like overall, I'm pretty happy with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I know people say he sounds strained. I heard people saying that, but I mean, you can't compare to a 27 year old live after death Bruce, or even like a 40 year old rock and Rio Bruce. Right? He's like 60. Sure. Years, so I think he sounds pretty yeah. good. Although I will say that. I listened to a lot of Legacy of the Beast bootlegs, and mm-hmm. I think he sounded stronger on the 2018 legs, so it's strange to me that they picked a 2019 show. But I guess where they were set up for the three Mexico shows, you know, the, with logistics, you get three shows with the same venue, the same equipment, kind of the same right. audience. I guess it worked. But yeah. I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah. Well, one of the one of the big things that I've been hearing is, uh, and you've probably seen it too, is people are really weirded out by the way the crowd sounds. Yeah, I noticed that more on the Aces Aces High. On this one, I don't notice it quite the same way. Aces High did sound kind of like a, the crowd was really distant or something. It sounded kind of strange, especially when you listen to that back-to-back with some of the other albums, which I did. Right. I listened to this, both of these <laughs> a bunch, bunch. The guitars are kind of hard to hear. I think they're yeah. a little low. I don't know. The keys are really loud, but Live Chapter was kind of like that too. But uh, I don't know. People love to complain and nitpick, right? Now. <laughs> yeah, I'm course, just happy we're getting a new live out. It's funny because, like, here we are, like, nitpicking the mix on this, like, streaming song that came out. And meanwhile, when I got into Maiden, I listened to, like, my first Maiden album was a cassette, a stretched out, like, well-worn cassette tape that I listened to on, like, a really crappy stereo. So, like, we're kind of spoiled <laughs> rotten now with sound, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Definitely, definitely. <laughs> Well, I just thought, okay, listening to it, obviously, like you said, Bruce is a lot older, and I followed it up with Rock and Rio version, which is obviously, you know, 20 years ago. But I thought it sounded like he was having a hard time. Part of it sounds like he's having a hard time keeping up with the with the pace, and then other parts, it sounds like he's ahead of the pace. I did notice so, that, too, yeah. I thought that was a little and, – and see, I went to the show in Dallas, which was – Right I mean, before was, that, right? Right. It was like we, Dallas, Houston, San Antonio. And then they uh-huh. went on to these three Mexico shows. Right. So, yeah. And I have the whole show from Dallas recorded. And I have never thought, I never even noticed it when I listened back to it. And I've listened to it four or five or six times. So, But either way, I, I, here's the, what I thought about the audience, though. Because um, obviously, like you said, on Aces High, it was a little different. But on on Sign of the Cross, at the beginning, it's, it sounds like the crowd is louder. And then it, it's weird because it, all of a sudden, it just sounds like, like someone grabs a you know, a uh, volume control and just pulls the crowd down really quick. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, it is kind of weird. There's, well, at the beginning, there's a lot of, uh, you know, you have that taped background of like the chanting and there's keyboards mm-hmm. in there. So yeah. I guess they kind of got to keep the, the mix of the crowd low so right, that you don't, right. you know, so it doesn't overwhelm the the song. But it, I don't know. It's weird. I don't know. I have a feeling when the album comes out, we just like yep. listen to it. I mean, every every yeah. one of these live albums has its own kind of character. You know what I mean? Sure. And you got to get used to it. 
and it'll sink in. One thing is I spent the last three years doing a Maiden podcast where we like dissected and like deep did deep dives on every single song and picked everything apart, you know, like what effects are on this guitar solo and comparing, you know, back to back this show versus this show on bootleg of like <laughs> how they played the solos and solos that got swapped out and stuff. And like ever since we kind of put the podcast on hold, like yeah. these songs came out and I kind of didn't do that. I kind of just like, I don't know. Sometimes I, I find like, especially you must notice this too, where you have a maiden podcast, you get so your head gets so deep into Iron Maiden that sometimes it's nice to just like turn your brain off and just like turn the music on and just like enjoy it. And that's kind of what right. I was doing with these albums. These two tracks, I mean, these, uh, sure. So I'm, I'm trying not to pick it apart, but you know, it's kind of hard not to. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. And I think, and I, I was telling somebody, I said, I'm, I'm almost to the point where I don't even want to listen to, I hope they don't release any more songs. I just want to hear it the same way you hear the other ones. You turn it on and you just go from start to finish. You hear it in its full entirety and the way it's supposed to sound. And we'll hear, you know, maybe this mix is not going to be a hundred percent accurate as to what we're actually going to get anyway. So that's true. I, and I mean, you're comparing a stream to, you know, once I get the CD and the vinyl and put some headphones on or get in the car, drive around, listen to it, see what it sounds. So I'm not making sure. any rush judgments yet, but I'm pretty happy with this one. I was a little bit worried there with Ace, Ace is High the first time I heard it because it did sound kind of strange, the crowd, but. Oh, yeah. I, I, I told someone, I said, if, if I was from Mexico City, I think I'd be pretty pissed off if I yeah. heard the way I said, you know, I'd be like, wait, we don't sound like that. <laughs> But this but, second uh, track from the, yeah, it does, it doesn't seem like quite an issue. So yeah, yeah, it definitely sounds better than Ace. At least the crowd sounds better than Ace. And of course the band sounds great. So. Yeah. I wish they could have but, brought the, like the rhythm guitars up a bit. Cause it seems like yeah. a lot of bass and drums until the solos kick in, but I don't know. <laughs> Maybe Steve Harris mixed it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> entirely possible. <laughs> right. <laughs> Probable. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, um, so the next thing we're going to do is we're going to do a, a, a top five for the track three on the 80s classic albums from Number of the Beast to Seventh Son and then from Brave New World to Book of Souls since there's five of each. So um, we can do this either way. Do you want to start or do you want me to start? We can go like five, five, four, four, three, three in that way. So Yeah. Okay. So we'll count them down. Okay. Yeah. So I'll let you start. Uh, and I'm, I'm trying to think of them in my head because I've been doing them all by memory. So uh, Okay. So my fifth number five out of the five are uh, I put last number three, number five, number three, number (laughs) rank number five of the number threes. Yes, (laughs) is lost for words from Power Slave. Okay. Okay. Uh, Now before we get into this, I just want to say I love every single one of these songs. So putting it number five isn't like putting it at the bottom. It's an amazing song, and it's probably. I was going to say their best instrumental, but I don't want to get into that. <laughs> That's yeah, another hour-long yeah. discussion. <laughs> right, right, right. But I mean, I, I can't uh, put an instrumental over any, you know, five-album peak 80s Bruce era of Maiden. Like, I'd put Invaders in Gangland over Lost yeah. for Words, even though okay. it's awesome. <laughs> uh, I was, w- Let me ask you this, because if, if, if the song had lyrics, because that's, that's one thing I was kind of trying to think of is, where would it go if the song? I said if that song had lyrics, and it was just like a killer extra, you know. I oh mean, man! I would wonder, yeah, it might be number it'd one. Be really high because it's such a such a strong instrumental. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I don't know. It'd be hard to uh, hard to imagine what that'd be like. It'd be cool though. Yeah. Okay. Well, for me, <laughs> it's 
going to be funny saying this one with you on the line. <laughs> My number five, um, you might know there's a podcast out there that used this song as its instrument, as its, as its intro oh, yeah. for like three years. <laughs> So my number five, number three song is Can I Play With Madness? Okay. And it's um, it, it kind of shocks people when I say it, but I, I was like, it's one of the one of the biggest reasons is the live, the way they do it live. Oh, oh one, they counted in, two, yeah. I, I hate that. I'm just like, <laughs> no, this is, this is Iron Maiden. This is not whoever that should sound like. And then another thing that I don't like about it uh, live is, and I know you're a big... Um, super big supporter of Adrian's background vocals, but I, I never liked the way it sounds with the background vocals live because I feel like, because, you know, Bruce is so layered on the yeah. actual song. It, they, and th- this is going to come into play in another song here in just a minute too. So, um, but yeah, I always feel like that they just never could get that live. And for me, if I was ranking the songs on seventh son, uh, that would be one of the bottom two. So really, yeah, yeah. Uh, all I would say is, uh, go listen when we're done this podcast. Go listen to that song and just listen to the bass. That'll that's kind of a. <laughs> <laughs> I got hey, the bass is great on a lot of songs. Though, so. Yeah, that's true. But it's like but, I said, I don't hate the song. I don't skip it when I listen to the yeah. album or anything. But it's definitely uh, if you here, here's what I say: uh, Moonchild, Infinite Dreams, Evil That Men Do, um, Clairvoyant. Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. Uh, what's the other one I'm missing? Uh, even Only the Good Die Young. I like all of those better. So. Yeah. See, but I, I mean, love the song, and Josh loves it too, but there was a little bit of discussion when we talked about it on our podcast about – there's a lot of backlash sometimes about these kind of catchy, yeah. radio-friendly songs. Sure. And uh, I do get exactly what you're saying about like the live version, because I always found that a little odd too, the way they started live. <laughs> but uh, the album version, I think, is great. Uh, a lot of people, I don't know what it is. I think people kind of, if you're a huge Maiden fan, and then all these songs that, like, the casual Maiden fans kind of latch on to, you kind of right, want to kind of... Right. Well, I was kind of like that, because, I mean, I used to always say Killers was my favorite Maiden album. Right. And then I kind of realized, I was like, is it really my favorite Maiden album? Or am I just saying that because if someone asks me what my favorite Maiden album is, I want them right away to know that I'm like a diehard and you know what I mean? <laughs> you don't want to say power. You don't want to say power. <laughs> yeah. Even though seven son ended up being my favorite Maiden album. So there you go. <laughs> I did find that odd. Whenever both of y'all ended up with the same one, I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was but kind I mean... of surprised by it myself when I went through my complicated uh, system. <laughs> oh, I know. And Here's a funny little tidbit, and then we'll get on to the next one. But I was talking to James in New Zealand the other day, and you know he's he's similar to you in that he has a spreadsheet and he has all of his songs ranked. <clears throat> and I told him, I said, "Yeah, I was telling somebody that you had a you know your songs ranked on a spreadsheet." And I, I was said, "Yeah." He started reading off all the columns that he had for each you know criteria and all these things. And I said, "He had like seven or eight columns." He goes, um, "Actually, hold on a second. He starts counting. He goes. I've got 18 columns. Oh, wow. I was like, Golly. I was like, dude, you're Nesbit, man. <laughs> oh gosh. But yeah. Okay. So let's go to, um, your number four. What the, hold on a second. My watch just started talking. <laughs> your number four, I'm taking it off. Your number four, number three, what would be your number four, number three? So for number four, I put sea of madness from somewhere in time. 
Oh dear. <laughs> yeah. I actually I love the song. I really yeah, love the song. Too. It's got a great chorus, good solo, Adrian solo, and it's awesome. It's totally underrated. It's kind of like still life in that it's a really awesome song that kind of gets lost because uh, the rest of the album's so strong. You know what I mean? Sure. sure and the breakdown sure. has a lot of cool guitar work in it. Love the song, but I had to put it fourth. I think the pre-chorus, yeah. the pre-chorus is a little bit weak. Really? Yeah. I love that. It's got a, <laughs> I do love it too, but I don't know. Yeah, I got you. It's just, it's funny because, uh, well, as we hear our lists, it's funny or so. Um, <laughs> for me, my, my number four, number three is Lost for Words. And okay. strictly because of the lack of vocals. So. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I can't put a, a instrumental oh, yeah. in the top. <laughs> I got you. I got you. So let's see here. Uh, what's your number three? Number three. So number three, I had Can I Play With Madness. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. So, okay. So I'll just ask this because I don't know if y'all have ever said, maybe y'all said it and I just don't remember, but did y'all pick, why did y'all pick Can I Play With Madness as your intro? Just. Um, I don't know. I just kind of, we put together, I put together a couple, well, my whole plan was I was going to put together a couple little snippets to play when yeah. we came in. And that was the first one we did, and it just stuck. I don't know. I gotcha. I had a few in mind, but I don't know. It seemed like it worked. Cool. It's cool. kind of upbeat, too, and it's like, I don't know. <laughs> oh, it is. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds cool. It sounds cool. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not bad at all. But uh, It is funny, just, though, because when I hear that song now, it just all of a sudden I go into podcast mode. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, it, you just you're waiting for Josh, and we're back. <laughs> yeah well it's the same thing with uh metallica one i have the first four notes is that when i get a text on my phone it's like oh. that dun, 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 that's the sound that it plays so if i'm <laughs> anywhere funny. and that song comes on i like reach for my phone and i'm like what's going on <laughs> uh, that's funny. yeah i got you. I, i've had that happen before when i used to have something on there too so uh let's see my uh number three number three <sighs> my number three number three for reasons similar to Can I Play With Madness being number five is Fly to Vicarious. Okay. And it's 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 similar to the live version, and I, I really upset somebody there recently because this was their uh, – told me that this was their absolute favorite – you know, they said the version of this on Live After This was their absolute favorite recorded maiden thing in history. So it was it Josh? I was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, my no. co-host Josh, that's his all-time favorite song too. Okay. Yeah. And and it's funny because that's the first song by Iron Maiden I ever heard. Um, I had the argument. I don't know if you remember. I had the argument with the guy on the school bus where I was arguing that Blackie Lawless was a better bass player <laughs> oh, yeah, than right. Steve Harris. <laughs> that was just total <laughs> ignorance. But that he brought me peace of mind. A really, really super. You remember when you would listen to a cassette sometimes and it would be. And maybe this is what you were describing a minute ago where the cassette would almost fade up and down and up yeah. and down. And Yeah. So that's what that cassette sounded like. But the the song I remember playing was Flight of Icarus. And I remember hearing it and going, oh, wow, this is, I could listen to this. This isn't, I just expected something totally different based on the album covers. And Oh, yeah. Um, so that was my gateway song. I mean, okay. that was, you know, which is obviously, I know y'all agree with me. Um, well, I agree with y'all and you, you guys, or I don't know, how do y'all say it? No, <laughs> in, in up there in Canada, in Newfoundland. Um, uh, but I, yeah, but I agree with you guys. I mean, it's a great intro song to somebody and say, hey, listen to this. You, anybody could like Iron Maiden listening to that. So Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I never liked the, um, I mean, I like Live After Death. I love everything on it, but I, the way the background vocals, you know, Bruce is so layered again on yeah, the album. Yeah, the production, yeah. 
Yeah, and you listen to him there, and it's just like it's very raw. Yeah, and it just and of course I think you're hearing a mix of Adrian and Steve, and you know Steve has admittedly said he's not a good singer. <laughs> so. so how do you feel about like the studio version versus live versions as far as like the tempo and the speed they play it? I really don't. Okay. Live After Death was the very first Iron Maiden album that I owned. I owned it before any other studio. Yeah, album, me so. too. I still have my first. That's my first cassette I had. Yeah. yeah. See, I don't have my cassette, but that was definitely the first thing I ever had. And I don't mind this. I don't mind that version. I don't mind the speed. Yeah. But I love the speed on the album and I love the speed on the uh, live recording as well. I just, I just don't like the way, um, you know, I'm, I don't know. I, I, that was my whole thing. I just I hate the way the background vocal sounds because just I think you hear more Steve than you hear Adrian on the on the yeah. Two, so. I know but, what you mean. Some of the production on some of those albums is so like polished yeah. that when you hear the raw versions, it's you know it's really different. And I mean that can but be I, a positive sometimes and a negative sometimes, but yeah. And I mean I I mean like I said, I, that was the very first thing I ever owned by Iron Maiden, so it was. Like I hear any of any time I'm listening to any of those songs, you know, I automatically hear certain parts. You know, when they're playing a song, I hear "Speak to Me, Hammersmith," yeah, you know, or you know, or "Scream for Me, Long Beach," or whatever. Yeah. So you know, you, I definitely that goes with me. And but but like I think I was uh, I'm planning on doing an uh, episode where we rank the Iron Maiden live albums because oh, the new be one's awesome, coming man. out. Yeah, and um, I mean it. Our, live after death would not be in my top four. <laughs> so, yeah, I ranked mine there at the end too, and uh, I didn't have that as my number one either. Yeah, I can't remember what I had. I can't remember my rankings now. But <laughs> my, my number one is actually going to be an album they didn't release that they should have released. That Beast Over Hammersmith. No, because that was the one they okay. never released and should have released. <laughs> a matter of life and death. Oh <laughs> yeah, they, totally. That would be my number one if it was a, if it existed. So, but uh, okay, um, we'll see here. Your number. Two number three is my number two is the prisoner, which I love. Yeah, Adrian's yeah. his okay. first writing credit on a Maiden song, and Clive Burr sounds great. I mean, the oh yeah, great melodic vocal melody, like total hooks all over the place, yes. and it has such a good job of like it builds so much tension, and then it's such a good release when the chorus comes. Oh it's yeah, awesome. Yeah. Well, my number two. Is the same. I agree. I had the prisoner as my number two. Uh, it was weird because this year, some point this year, I was listening to it and I've always liked it, but I never like loved it, loved it. And one day it just hit me. I was like, this song is an epic Iron Maiden song. I mean, oh, yeah. there's so many great things going on. And uh, it's up there with Run to the Hills, Number of the Beast. Like, it's 100% textbook Maiden, right? Yes. And if you listen to the, the lead up to the course, Steve's baseline, that's like 100% what Maiden's all about. It's, uh, I think that baseline probably is what put it up ahead of Can I Play With Madness. Okay. Oh, that's I, great. I could think of a lot of things that would put it up ahead of that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, that, you, I got to point this other thing out. I, don't, I think I might have even messaged you about this, but if I didn't, I'm going to say it anyway. I was listening to one of your, what episode was I listening to? Mm, you y'all basically talked about um gosh what was it remember tomorrow and y'all were talking about how it was a version with nico okay and and, and i was and y'all were like we're gonna play this version of that and y'all were listening to y'all played it and i was listening to it and I was, the whole time i just kept going nico quit playing quit quit he kept doing all yeah, these overplaying you know, yeah 
signature fills and stuff. And I was like, oh my God, this is terrible. I can't even <laughs> listen to how Bruce sounds on it now compared to anything. And and the first thing Josh said when he got done was like, I couldn't even pay, I couldn't even listen to Bruce with what Nico was doing there. I was like, oh, thank God. It's not just me. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh so that would leave your number one, number three as from the eighties to be. Flight of Icarus. Flight of Icarus. Yeah. I and that's it's, it's that. a razor thin margin between that and the prisoner because they're both like oh, yeah. 10 out of 10s, right? To me. Yeah. 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 Okay. But I just okay. threw it up there because it's like, I don't know. It's one of those songs. It's, I don't know. I think the prisoner is maybe a better example of what, like, of sounding like Iron Maiden, but this one is just sure. such a classic. I don't know. Oh, if maybe yeah. you throw in the whole, like, I, you probably shouldn't factor this in, but I can't help but factor the the album cover and the Icarus Eddie and the flamethrowers when they play it live and stuff. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It all contributes. So that's my number oh, yeah. one from those. Number one, number three from those five <laughs> albums. <laughs> of it's the confusing 80s. when you say that. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So for me, mine and I got a little theory I'm gonna throw at you because uh this is something I never heard on your show. So if I never heard it on your show, then maybe it's breaking news. Um my favorite is Sea of Madness, and Somewhere in Time was my first studio album to get. And I always, okay, so this is kind of, uh, someone told me this is kind of a stretch, but so Wasted Years plays, and it, you know, it's got the happy chorus. Yep. And wait, and then it's followed up by Sea of Madness. So when Sea of Madness plays, you know, the lyrics are kind of like, okay, even though uh, Wasted Years sounds happy, the lyrics to me, back then even sounded like, man, this guy is not very, he's, he's unhappy. Adrian's unhappy in this, in his writing. Yeah, Wasted Years, it's kind of upbeat, but I don't think it sounds happy because it's kind of like, almost like regretful or something. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, lyrically it does, yeah. So, so I'm like, he's, this is a guy who's on the road, sounds like he misses his family and all that. Well, then you go into uh, Sea of Madness, and it's, this, it's similar, it's a similar vibe lyrically, you know, out in the night someone's crying, out in the night the fires burn, maybe tonight somebody's crying, you know, my eyes they see, but I can't believe my heart is heavy as I turn my back and leave. So I'm thinking, so here's another instance where he's comparing certain amounts of life on the road and what he sees, as well as he's leaving his family again. My heart is heavy as I turn my back and leave or maybe whatever. But I was always like, it's almost like it's a part two. of. It's almost like they're sister songs, you know? Yeah, that's a really good point, actually, now that you pointed out. And, and here's the other thing. <laughs> this is, um, so when he left Iron Maiden, you know, and we obviously know now that he didn't like the direction the band was going, but it was obviously a certain amount of, and I haven't read his book yet. Did you get the book yet? I pre-ordered it like the day that they announced it <laughs> and it's still, yeah. it still hasn't shipped from Amazon. So, oh, I, wow. going so on. I got mine a couple of days ago, but I haven't read it, but I've heard a little bit about it. And, but whenever I, when he left Iron Maiden, you know, not knowing anything we know now, I remember thinking, well, of course he left the band. He was miserable. I mean, you listen to those two songs, and it's almost like he was writing his goodbyes, you know? Yeah, that's true. There is some kind of, like, foreshadowing there, I guess. Yeah, and then and then my other part was, <laughs> this is the really stretch part. I was like, and then think about his other writing title, writing uh, credit, Stranger in a Strange Land. He was a stranger in a strange land out there now. He didn't even want to be there anymore. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, even yeah. though even though it's about a guy that fell through the ice and all that and someone goes yeah that's a stretch that's a stretch so yeah, i don't know that's but, what makes maiden so great right oh yeah those conversations and putting these dots together and 
coming up with <laughs> theories. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. But I I always thought that way back then. I remember just thinking, okay, well, sure. I mean, he was he wasn't very happy in the band, and you know, and then maybe on Seventh Son he was looking in the mirror and he's going, God, look at my hair. It's got this bad mullet. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, so um. You're supposed to laugh when I call it mullet bag. Come on. <laughs> Don't go uh, criticizing Adrian's mullet. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. I've noticed I've noticed that you can't say a nary a bad word about Adrian Smith. So. Even I did a poll recently about who was who did you like better as a songwriter, Adrian or Bruce? Like and Adrian won like two thirds of the vote to one. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. It's I'm like, look at Bruce's solo career, you know leave out Tattooed Millionaire, and he's got a pretty good songwriting career. Yeah, until so. you get into those non-Adrian Maiden albums, too. There's some questionable yeah. stuff oh, in there. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I well, think so. what happens is, like, if you write a dud, that drags you, your opinion down a lot more than... You know what I mean? I think people are True. just thinking of specific examples of lyrics or stuff that they find bad, and it's hard to find, you know, name me a really bad Adrian song. But you, you can do that with Bruce. Not really bad, but really bad lyrics sometimes. Or in the solo, oh. if you get in the solo stuff, there is, I think, some bad stuff in there. So. Oh yeah, especially <laughs> especially tattooed millionaire. God, that that's that's horrible. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's there's some good stuff on there. I, I always say it like this. I say, okay, I've never written a a song as good as Zulu Lulu, but still, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh yeah. Okay, so now we're gonna hit the post two thousand era, starting with uh, let's see, with Brave New World, and I gotta look at I gotta look at these real quick just to make sure I remember my choices. Uh, let's see here. Uh, okay, okay, I already know what I know what my number five. You want me to start, or you want to start on this one? Uh, who started last time? You started last. Time. <laughs> oh, you start okay, this so time. I'm, yeah. Okay, my number five comes from Dance of Death. It is. No more lies. Okay, and I like the song, but and and this is obviously something that Maiden does a lot on the course. Now I will say I love the live version on Oh Death on uh, the Road on Death on the Road. Yeah, the, yeah, like the way he does the the way he does the chorus. You know, he sings a couple of lines and he sounds he's so powerful when he's singing it. And then he gets and then he you know he obviously needs the audience to help him out, <laughs> so he gets the audience and they sound great too. But um. My least favorite part of the song is the chorus. It's it's the, you know, I said, so I said, hold on, let me recite the chorus to you real quick. No more lies. No more lies. <laughs> no more lies. You know, it's just like 10 times in a row. And it's, it's, um, I think I actually, when we talked about that song, I, I said the exact same thing. I said, I didn't like the chorus that's so repetitive. And when I yeah. thought of the song, I instantly thought of the chorus and I thought that I didn't like the song. And then when yeah. we covered that album, we got into it and I actually added up how much time it's like a seven it's almost seven and a half minutes and i think only 14 percent of the song is uh is spent on the course and i was like i'm writing off you know the rest of the song based on 14 or i can't remember i did i right. measured how much time what percentage of the song is actually the part that annoyed me <laughs> it, it, it's certainly not like the chorus of the angel and the gambler right <laughs> <laughs> like like five minutes or four and a half minutes or whatever. <laughs> One thing I always thought dance or uh, no more's lies would have been a great blaze era song. If you just mm-hmm. think of the chorus and you think of the verses yeah. and you think of, you know, that'd be right up blazes wheelhouse. I think could be, could be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just think that, yeah, we won't I, actually, I was going to say something about the set list when blaze was there. Never mind. I won't even go in there. Cause I don't think Steve did him any favors. <laughs> oh no. 
He definitely didn't. <laughs> okay, so what is your number five, number three from the 2000s? Number five, number three from the 2000s. Mother of Mercy. So, oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that's right. We I was having this discussion with somebody. They were talking about how y'all, after what I said about it, and then he goes, yeah, they were really, they weren't talking too good about it on the, when they did the Final Frontier. And I was like, yeah, Josh yeah. really liked it. I see. This is one of those things where I deep dove on it too much, and uh, <laughs> really? I read I read an interview with Kevin Shirley, and he was talking about like comping the vocal. Steve yeah. Harris had this like really specific melody that he wanted, and so Steve or Bruce did a whole bunch of takes, and then Kevin Shirley kind of cut and pasted the vocal oh, together on the, chorus? on the chorus, and that's all I can hear when I hear it now. I'm like, you can tell that this, it's like pasted together separate takes. So I don't know. When I when I talked to James, that's the same thing he said. That's why he didn't oh, really? kind of ranked it. Yeah, he said he said you can tell that the vocals because he said you could hear where he was you know saying Mother of Mercy and then Angel of Death is our real quick. He said he's not he's not doing that all in one take. That's two separate things pieced together. And I was like, yeah. I said okay, I can get you. But I said listen to the lyrics of the song. That's a yeah, great war a cool song. War. In my opinion, so. Although you know what, it's no Monsieur. It's no. Passchendaele, sure. it's no longest day. I would even take Fortunes of War and the Aftermath over this if for war songs. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That being said, though, I know it's pretty negative. I do I do really like the song. It is a good song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I like it a lot. So that's... So, let's see. Okay, you did your number five. I did my number... Okay, my number four, number three song from the 2000s. This will probably surprise you. Is the title track from Brave New World. <laughs> Brave okay. New World. Um, no real reason other than... Uh, someone told me one time, like, oh, the, the, the chorus on this one's really... Rep- it's the same as uh, No More Lies. I said, no, 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 because he says, a brave new world, in a brave in new a bra- world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah he said, <laughs> he changes it up just a little bit, but yeah. I love the song. It's just, um, I love the other ones more. So Yeah, these are all really, really good song strong it's, it's good yeah. strong so for number four i had no more lies because you're okay. number five yeah i think it's a really okay. good example of like the three guitar attack where you hear you know the three styles on the solos of the the three yeah. guitarists so it's that's kind of cool but I, again mother of mercy no more lies i think as number four and five for me the yeah. top three are a big step up i think yeah yeah okay okay yeah, I, I always. Do you find that? Are you pretty good at like if you listen to the solos immediately, you can figure out who did them. Usually, yeah. Well, sometimes it's uh, Yannick can kind of stray into Dave or Adrian territory. Mm. I find his the easiest to figure out because he just has a certain erraticness about him. Yeah. Well, if you hear a solo and it's like barely under control, it feels like it's gonna fly out of control any second. Or a lot of whammy bar stuff. Like that seems like oh yeah, the crazy Yannickness. But there's sometimes yeah. he can be very Dave-like. Adrian, you know, very composed, so he's usually easy I to I always out. thought I knew, I thought I knew every, I thought I could always tell when it was Dave because it was always like a bluesier solo, and then I remember I was watching a bootleg of A Matter of Life and Death, the, the, the tour, and when he does the, the first solo on um, Out of the Shadows, it's just really bluesy. And I, and I remember even when I did talked about it, I would always go, yeah, that's Dave playing, and then I watched it, and I'm like, that's Adrian. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Uh, there's yeah. a few little techniques too that you learn that you know they yeah. sometimes go to 
Gotcha. Uh, yeah. But I remember because we talked about every single guitar solo when we went through our podcast. Oh, and yeah. And there's a few oh, times yeah. when I had to look up live versions and be like, just to double check. You know what I mean? Sure. 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 Man, I don't, you're, I think it's always been said about you, but, I, and I know I've, I've said it and people have said it to me, it was like, how do you, how did you ever have the time? <laughs> Golly. <laughs> it was a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, okay. So next up is going to be my number three. And my number three, okay, I got to look again. Hold on, I'm sorry. Uh, my number three, okay, it's definitely not that. Okay, my number three is going to be, oh gosh, I never, The Great Unknown. Okay, well, I'll just come out and say my number three is also The Great Unknown. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah I, I love this song. Me too. I, think it's, I mean, it's a great song. It's, it's a phenomenal song. When when you saw them, did they play this, The Great Unknown, or did yeah. they play uh, well, I saw okay. I saw them on that t- tour. I saw like both versions of the song. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah. It I was, know you uh, traveled a little bit. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. So we're in agreement there. I know. I know our total list isn't going to be in agreement, but because of some of the stuff we've already said. But uh, my number two. My number two. Oh gosh. Oh yeah. This is easy actually. My number two is Mother of Mercy. Okay. Um, I know it's. Uh, I know you you had it at number five, but man, I, I, like I said, I think it's a great war song. I love the lyrics. Like I've said this to every single person I've talked to so far, but I'm like, the end of the song, you know, when he's like, "I'm just a lonely soldier fighting in a bloody, hopeless war. Don't know what I'm fighting, who it is, or what I'm fighting for." Yeah. All that, all that whole thing. I'm just like, it really the the lyrics of the song and, and from start to finish. I just think it's a cool. It is kind of cool. It is a good song. And just because I put it fifth out of my number oh, threes yeah, okay. from the 2000s, <laughs> it doesn't mean I don't yeah, like yeah, it. Yeah. It's just, oh, yeah. it, there's a few, like, some of these songs coming up, I think, are just stronger. That's all. I mean, they're all, we're talking sure. about differences between nines and 9.5s and 10s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's like Josh's model, his model argument. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what is your, uh, your number two? So for number oh, I two, I had I know Brave, what it is. Brave New World. You have to be Brave New World. There's no way it's number one over the last number one. So, <laughs> so Great <laughs> Unknown, last... I originally had as my number two. Okay. And then I, can... I, I had Brave New World as number three. And then I listened to Death on the Road. Yesterday, uh-huh. I listened to Death on the Road all the way through. And I was like, no, nah, this version of Brave New World, this is this has got to go higher. Okay. So okay. It moved up to number two. It's yeah, that's cool. it. I, I, you know, I could probably even argue putting the great unknown higher, but it's funny enough you're, when you hear this, some people put the great unknown at, at five and, and, uh, decidedly like put it at number five. They weren't oh, yeah? mincing words. Man, yeah. I love I was, that song. I know. I'm like, I know it's no tears of a clown, but come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take brave new world live over blood brothers any day. Mm, really? Okay. Yeah, I think so. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'll, because I've never seen it live. I've just seen, you know. True, true. Oh, you didn't see the, uh, you didn't see the uh, Brave New World tour. I didn't. No. Okay. Okay. I was I was a mere spectator at it. I was I was more excited to see Rob Halford at that tour. Oh yes, I heard you talking about that on one year. Yeah, episodes. I wasn't. Uh, I just wasn't in a maiden state of mind at that point. So, um, well, okay. Since you're my guest and our lists are both accurate. Yep. What is your number one, number three? Brighter than a thousand suns, which is like I mean, I think it's one of the best reunion era maiden songs. Period. Oh gosh, yeah. That's that, awesome, man. Everything on that album is um, 
I've uh, I've pretty much declared it, and you've probably already heard it before, but that is my number one album oh, <laughs> by yeah. Iron Maiden. Yeah, it's such a solid was, album. Uh, yeah, it is. I mean, it's when I listen to y'all because I listened to uh, y'all's episode just the other day because I, I you know I went through and I listened to all this stuff and I was just like driving around and I didn't really have any you know I didn't know what I wanted to listen to and I was like you know what let me just go and I want to hear what they had to say again because it's been a long time since I heard it. And and then Josh said the same thing that I had said to somebody on the phone earlier. He was like, I can't even sometimes figure out where the songs end and you know, because everything is just fits so well together and you'd never skip any of it. It's just it's yeah, so it's, cohesive and perfect. Yeah, I love it. I love uh a matter of life and death. Oh gosh. Anyone who doesn't yeah. like it, I think I still think it's just because they're not quite familiar enough with it. But I mean this song in particular, I mean it's eight minutes forty four seconds. It seems yeah. like it's like three or four minutes. It goes by. So yes. Fast. It's like, yeah, it's awesome. The solos are awesome. Uh, the lyrics and the subject matter. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Oh yeah. It's, it's such a great album. It's yeah. just such a, another Adrian so song too, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I can't remember who wrote all the songs. So I know you know it though. So. Oh, well, that's, that's something why... uh, I didn't mention. So uh, you're talking about the classic, the classic era eighties number threes. Uh-huh. So you've got Flight of Icarus, which is, that's an Adrian writing credit. The Prisoner is an Adrian writing credit. Can I Play With Madness <laughs> is an Adrian writing credit. And Sea of Madness. Sea of Madness is too, yeah. 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 And then okay, Lost well. for Words is Steve Harris, but there's only the guitar solo is Adrian Smith. Mm. So Adrian Smith's all over those five tracks. So He's pretty present. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's great, man. Hey, I appreciate you uh, taking the time. To, yeah, uh, no, talk. it's fun. And uh, and my invite for you and Josh stands. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, but uh, I will let you off here because I know you got a meeting or something you got to go to I do. pretty soon. So. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, hey, take care, man. And uh, I'll probably have this out uh, next week. Okay, awesome. Thanks. Hey, have a good one, man. Yeah, you see too. you later. All right, bye. All right. I hope that you enjoyed that. I told James a couple weeks ago that I thought I had arrived I said, I must have arrived now because Josh from Talking Maiden followed me on Twitter. Well, if that didn't cement it, then having Nesbitt on definitely did. (laughs) Seriously, though, I would like to thank James, Andrew, and Nesbitt for taking the time to come on and talk some Maiden with me. It's, It's always a blast to talk Maiden. Also, I would like to give my beloved son Noah a very special thank you as well. I've been begging him to come on the show and do something with me. And he just happened to walk up here because he heard me trying to sing my intro. And I said, please, dude, trust me. It was bad. It was me trying to sing Lionel Richie's song, Hello. And I was trying to sing it as the show is starting right now. It was so bad that he came up here to see what was going on. Oh, gosh. So on behalf of myself, James, Andrew, Nesbitt from Iron Maiden, from Eddie, and from the boys.
Things in life are bad. They can really make you mad. Other things just make you swear and curse. When you're chewing on life's gristle, that grumble, give a whistle, and this'll help things turn out for the best. And always look on the bright side of life. Always look on the light side of life. If life seems jolly rotten, there's something you've forgotten, and that's to laugh and smile and dance and sing. When you're feeling in the dumps, don't be silly chumps. Just purse your lips and whistle. That's the thing. Ain't always look on the bright side of life. It's quite absurd, and death's the final word. You must always face the curtain with a bow. Forget about your seat, give the audience a grin. Enjoy it, it's your last chance, anyhow. So always look on the bright. 